0: Well, we welcome you. This is actually part two in our series, our verse-by-verse series through the book, The Song of Solomon. We're actually in the art of attraction, part one. And specifically this morning, we're going to look at what to look for in a man. So let me ask you a question as we begin here. Because we're talking about attraction, could I just ask you, what is physically attractive to you about the opposite sex? Is it, you know, fletching eyes? Is it bulging biceps? (laughs) Is it voluptuous lips? Is it hard rock abs? Is it a slender figure? It's different for different people, isn't it? Now, let me give you three introductory points about attraction just right off the bat. Here we go. Ready? Fill in the blanks. Number one, attraction is both permissible and desirable. There's nothing wrong with being attracted to a person. If men were never attracted to women and women were never attracted to men, the human race would cease to exist. The first moment of attraction in human history is actually recorded for us in the Bible, in Genesis. Chapter 2, verses 20 to 23. You can see it on your outlines. Follow along as I read it. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. This is the first time the man will see a woman. And the man said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. And you know the Hebrew word for woman, right? Whoa, man. (laughs) For she was taken out of a man. You see, God made our our hearts to skip a beat and our, our palms to sweat when we're physically attracted to someone. Attraction is permissible and desirable and from the Lord. When I do a wedding, I'll meet with the couple in premarital counseling, and in the first session, I always have the couple come in when they see me, and I'll say, write out 10 reasons why you want to marry the other person. And as I look through those reasons, I always want to make sure that there's something about them being attractive to one another in there. If not, like there's a problem, because attraction, it is permissible and desirable. Second, Attraction, especially in our culture, is the first stage of any developing relationship. Now, in last session, I shared with you the first stage of my relationship with my wife-to-be, Tracy. And I shared the story how I was smitten with her in the hallway of Simpson College. I just saw her and boom! I just couldn't concentrate, just blown away. And this applies, though, not only to love, but to virtually any relationship that is formed in life. If we don't sense a certain chemistry, right, of being drawn to a person, being able to connect with another person, whether it's at work or at church or at the gym, if you don't sense this chemistry, then we're very unlikely to pursue a relationship long enough to develop a friendship, let alone a romantic relationship. Attraction is both permissible and desirable. Attraction is the first stage of any developing relationship, and especially a romantic one. Number three, attraction has two levels that need to be understood and processed for developing healthy romantic relationships. Attraction is at two levels that need to be understood, and we have to be aware of and process our relationships through both of these levels of attraction in order to develop healthy biblical relationships romantic relationships. Now first level attraction is physical and based on external appearance. And we know what this is like. When I first saw Tracy, I was experiencing level one physical attraction. And you've had this experience as well. I liked what I saw externally in an instant. And when we like what we see, we tend to want to see more of what we like. We're just wired that way. Physical attraction, it may start with you know your eyes, with your sight, seeing that guy, seeing that gal, but it goes way beyond sight. We don't even think about this, but it, it includes sight, but then it includes actually all the senses. We're attracted to the person's voice, their language, their fragrance, their cleanliness, their touch, their breath, their closeness, the way they walk, the way they stand, the way they interact with different people. All of that is level one attraction. And if any aspect of the physical is a turnoff to us, you know, the chances of us developing a relationship with that person, they decline. They go down, at least on the basis of that encounter. And this all brings us to the opening verses in the Song of Solomon. Remember, from our first session. The Song of Solomon consists of one couple, Solomon and the Shulamite, maiden. Eight chapters, eight romantic scenes. And scene number one is all about their attraction. And in verses one to two, if you have your Bibles, you should open them. Song of Solomon. In verses one to two, we see that physical attraction is fully alive. It's firing on all cylinders. Now, Solomon wrote This book. And in verse 1, it says, it begins, the book begins, Solomon's Song of Songs. Solomon was married when he wrote this book. He's looking back on when they first met. And he's recording a scene about their attraction. So, what I want to do today is, I want to look at, at what attracted her, the Shulamite, to Solomon. And then next session, we're going to look at what attracted Solomon to the Shulamite. But right out of the gate, what we're going to notice is this. She was attracted to him physically, and it's unmistakable. Solomon records her words in verse 2, what she was thinking, what she was feeling. And this is what she says. Chapter 1, verse 2. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is more delightful than wine. I mean, this woman immediately was intensely attracted to Solomon. She was attracted to his lips, and she thought about his love. I mean, she found this guy totally and completely intoxicating, even more than wine. That's what the Scripture is saying. And she wanted him to kiss her. Have you ever had that, gals? You see a guy, and you're like... I would love that guy to kiss me. <laughs> this is what she's saying. And I need, to let, I need to let you in on something. I've encouraged my wife to memorize this verse in four different translations. <laughs> Even in the Hebrew, man, get this one down, baby. When she thinks of me, I want her to think of me in this way. Now, the song continues describing her attraction to Solomon, which is just really amazing. Look at verse 3, the beginning of it. Pleasing, she goes on to say, is the fragrance of your perfume. She's speaking about Solomon. Pleasing. Now, in Solomon's day, you need to understand, the men rarely bathed, okay? Now, you know, I went through a stage of this as a kid, like in the third grade. I hated to bathe. I loved to be outside. And my mom, if she's here, she would attest to this she would always say to me get in the shower mark and she'd always say this I never could figure this out she'd always say wash behind your ears and I always see but how do you wash behind your ear I would think how do you and I later I realized she was talking behind my like it was all full of dirt you know and I would literally go into the shower shut the door lock it turn on the water sit on the toilet for five (laughs) minutes I hated that shower I hated to bathe And then i take the towel, wash off my face, and walk out. (laughs) Hence, bark, wash behind your ears, you know? But in Solomon's day, bathing, it wasn't as easily available as it is today. It just wasn't. They didn't have the plumbing and all that we have today. So they used scented oils and ointments on their bodies, both to keep their skin from drying out in the dry desert climate, you know, the Middle East, and also to give off this pleasing fragrance. And we do the same today, don't we? Aftershaves and lotions and colognes and deodorants. And what she is saying here is this. She's saying, "Salman, you are one good-looking man. You're very attractive and on top of all, you really smell good. You're very appealing to me. You are one good-smelling Giorgio Armani man." I mean, she's blown away with level one attraction, physical attraction. But notice the second part of verse three. Here we are introduced to the second level of attraction, where your name, she says, is like perfume poured out. Your name. Now, we're going to talk in about in a moment the significance of Solomon's name. But let me just say that second level attraction is spiritual, based on character. Now, here's the key to godly attraction that allows us to build healthy romantic relationships. The woman was attracted to Solomon physically, but more importantly, to his life spiritually and to his inner character. That's what's going on. Second level attraction is spiritual. It's much more important than first level attraction because it's based on the inner qualities of a person that actually watched this last like godliness and a person's relationship spiritually with God. In physical attraction, the magnets that draw us to the other person, they're, they're external, and they're perceived on the outside. We don't have to think about being physically attracted to the other person. We're automatically, intuitively attracted to someone. You don't even have to think about it. It's instinctive. Tracy, she was first attracted to me physically. I shared with you... How I was attracted to her, but for her, her level one attraction to me was in the summer of 1985 on Laguna Beach, huh? I was out there suntanning on a towel. And she's checking out the old man's bones, okay? Are you following me on that towel in the glistening suntan lotion? That's what did it. I thought I'd get more of a response. <laughs> <laughs> Now, watch this, in character attraction, however, what draws us to the other person is found much deeper. It's found deep on the inside of an individual. And these signs, they're more challenging to read and understand at times. We may not find ourselves automatically drawn to a person of good character at first glance because it takes time to discover that good character. But notice what attracted the Shulamite to Solomon. She was attracted to his godly character. Look again at verse 3. Your name is like, what does it say? Perfume poured out. Now, a person's name is a direct reference to their character, their integrity, their virtue, their godliness, all of which flowed from, watch this, Solomon's relationship with God. She was saying, you are good-looking to me physically, but even more important, you are good-looking to me spiritually. You are a godly man. A man's name is his character, his reputation, is godliness. And she is saying here, your name is like perfume poured out. Now, the New American Standard says your name is like purified oil. Now, purified oil, it was, it was the first pressing of oil from the olive trees that covered the surrounding hills around Jerusalem. It was virgin olive oil. It was used in the lampstand that burned in the temple night and day. It was purified oil designed for the worship of the Lord. It was pure. It was holy. And this is what she's saying, is that your character is pure and holy and godly. This means that his character, it consisted of godliness and love and sincerity and honesty, his ability to be a good listener. All these things are wrapped up in that statement and this is the kind of guy you want your son to be like. This is what you pray as a prayer, parent for your son to be like. This is the kind of guy you want your daughter to bring home. His na- name is full of character, godliness. Not perfect, but a young man of character. Ladies, th- that means you can marry a guy who ha- who's 6'2", has... Blonde, wavy hair, perfect blue eyes, awesome body, drives a Porsche, makes 100 plus grand a year. But watch this, if that guy's not going to listen to you, if he will pout like a baby because he doesn't get his way, if he will easily fight you and resist you and not compliment you, and he'll not open his heart to you in love, and if he harbors secret sins, and if he has issues of anger... My advice? Say goodbye. I mean, drop kick that guy out the door. Because I can assure you, after you are married, you will realize you married someone possibly good looking on the outside, but rotten to the core on the inside because you married for level one physical attraction only. Wow. Marry a man of character. Solomon's name was purified oil. Why would we settle for anything less? Why? You know, being being single is tough. I was single for 24 years. There were times of loneliness. But marriage to a person of bad character does not take away the loneliness of being single. What's worse than being single and wanting to be married and having the hope that one day you might be is being stuck in a marriage and having no hope because you married the person on the basis of the external with little or no attention given to the internal character of a person that really makes for a great marriage. Beauty is only skin deep and won't produce deep, lasting love. This is why the whole book begins with attraction because this is an area so it's foundational for your marriage. Proverbs 31.30 says, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. You have to understand that. There's some real charming guys, but it's fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord or a man who fears the Lord, that's to be praised. That's what you should be looking for. Also, along with the physical attraction, you need both. The Shulamite was attracted to Solomon's internal character. That's how you choose a mate. Proverbs 22, verse 1. A good name is more desirable than great riches. What's more important than great riches? All the money in the world is a character of that person. Ladies, the number one quality you want to look for in a guide, according to the Shulamite, is a good name. Real beauty comes from the inside. And we must get to the second level of attraction if we're going to have the foundation necessary to go on to the other stages of romance. How critical this is. So attraction has two levels that need to be understood and processed for developing healthy, romantic relationships. First level attraction is physical based on the external appearance. You got to have that. I'm not saying don't have that. You need to have that first level, but you also need to have the second level attraction that's spiritual based on character. I mean, think about it. You would never go out, or if you have done this, you realize how... What a bummer it is. You'd never go out and buy a car just because it's awesome and shiny on the outside. That's first level attraction. No, you're going to pop the hood and you're going to look at that engine and test it. That's second level attraction. Then you get a good purchase. It's the same with relationships. Why would we ever marry for just the physical attraction only? We got to go deeper. And this is what the Song of Solomon is teaching us. Okay, I want us to discuss this before we move on. If you are married, share one level two character quality that you are attracted to in your spouse. If you are single, I want you to share one level two character quality that you find attractive in the opposite sex. Go ahead and talk about that. you got a couple minutes. Okay, let's continue in the text. And let me give you right now... Four reasons, four reasons to be attracted to, to date, and eventually marry a man of good character. This is what the rest of the text reveals. Now, the English word for character comes from the word carasso, which refers to the chiseling that is done by engraving in metal, chiseling, etching. And character refers to things that have been etched so deeply into a person's soul that they're like lasting marks, not easily changed or removed. Character, it's manifest in holiness, honesty, morality, temperance, and dedication to the Lord, the type of character that you want to find in a man. Now, D.L. Moody said, character is what you are like in the dark. P.B. Fitzwater said, character is the sum total of a person's choices. Uh, Another author said, when the character of a man is not clear, look at his friends. Ladies, if you're not sure about a guy, just look at the guy's friends. That's going to tell you everything about the guy. Now, let me give you four reasons why you should be attracted to date and eventually marry a man of good character. You just follow the way of the Shulamite. The Shulamite, gals, is your example for the guys at Solomon in the whole book. Number one. It's logical to marry a man of good character. You see, marriage, when you think of what marriage is, two people coming together, marriage is the sum total of the husband and wife's combined character. That's what marriage is. It's your character coming together with his or hers for a lifetime. That's what marriage is. Why would you want to marry a man with questionable character? Why? Why? So just listen, if the guy you're dating is pressing you to compromise morally, sexually, it's because, watch this, he doesn't fear God or the standards of God. He lacks, watch this, character. If he will not obey God when he's dating you as single, what makes you think he will love you as Christ loves the church, which is the number one command for a husband, How do you think he's going to do that then if he's treating you now this way? A man's present obedience is a sign, wake up, of what is to come. And here's the number one command, given by God to your husband-to-be. This is it. Husbands, love your wives. Is he doing that right now when you're dating? Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy Cleansing her by the washing with the water through the Word is even into the Word. Wow. See, only a man of character is going to live out that number one command given to husbands. Ladies, settle for nothing less and date nothing less. Sometimes I meet a gal and she'll say, you know, oh, I'm just kind of dating this guy. He's not the kind of person I would marry. It isn't serious. It's just kind of for fun. And my question is, why are you dating the type of person you wouldn't marry? Are you aware that if you date the type of person you wouldn't marry, you're creating your own reputation so that the type of person you hope would marry you won't even give you a second look? You should always be in a position to say, I'm proud to have been seen with, to have dated that person in my past because they meet the level one and the level two attraction standard." The Shulamite, she is no dummy. She realized it was logical to date a man of character because it would lead to, watch this, a great dating experience, but also potentially to a great marriage. Second reason to marry and date a man of good character, usually you date him first, then marry him later. You follow me? Number two, it's a privilege to marry a man of good character. Look at verse 3. Your name is like perfume poured out. And then notice what is said. No wonder the maidens love you. Meaning all the women in Jerusalem would love to have you. But I've got you, Solomon. What a privilege it is to marry a man of character. Other women, you see, they wanted Solomon. They were also attracted to him physically and especially with respect were they attracted to his godly spiritual character. But how wonderful to be a woman married to a certain man, and you be, you're able to say, and you will when you marry a man of character, yeah, I got him, ladies. He's all mine. Wow. That's what happens when you marry a man of character. It's a privilege to marry a man of character. Third reason to marry a man of character, it's a delight to marry a man of good character. Look at verse 4. Take me away with you. This is her speaking. Let us hurry. Let the king bring me into his chambers. She's right now here. Watch this. She's envisioning her wedding and her wedding night. She's saying, wow, I can't wait to marry you. I can't wait to be with you. That's delight. That is delight. I've been to some weddings, and maybe you have been as well, where there's this absence of great delight. You want to know why? Because at the root of it, there's an absence of great character. With great character comes great delight, great anticipation, great longing, great desire, great passion. I need to tell you, I, I could not wait for my wedding day and especially my wedding night Not only because of, watch this, Tracy's great looks, but I'll tell you, because of her great character. Let's face it, the best you are ever going to look in terms of your physical appearance is at your wedding day. After that, it is a slow, gradual, (laughs) downhill descent. (laughs) You just slide. Gravity takes its toll. Woo. Some of you young people are going, what? Look at your parents, come on. See, watch this. If all you have going into your marriage is your looks, your marriage is going to struggle in the long term because those looks one day, are, whoop, they're going to slide. But when you have level two character, you know, a few years ago, we took a family vacation to San Diego, and uh, we had the opportunity on a Sunday to visit one of my favorite pastors, David Jeremiah. And we were in his church, and it was real special. I had a chance to talk to David and, and Tracy. She sat next to uh, one of the associate pastors' daughters who was mentally challenged. She like had a five year old you know mind, but she was so sweet. And this this young lady was just attracted to Tracy and. So it was myself, Tracy, and this young lady. And during the service, when David's preaching, with no one watching except me, I could just see how Tracy's heart was drawn to this little mentally challenged girl, and she just kept looking up at Tracy, and Tracy slips off her ring, not her diamond ring, but a Tiffany ring that I bought her. She took that off, and she placed it on this little girl's finger as a friendship gift. An expression of love. And you need to understand, in my heart, I'm going, that is the girl I married. My heart is beating for my wife, Listen to David going, man, I want to kiss that girl. (laughs) I've got the greatest wife in the world. You see, her character, her giving, that's character. That's the character that you marry for that makes marriage and romance, and we're going to talk about it. We're just starting here. This is the foundation of it all. It's a delight to marry a person of great character. Fourth reason to marry a man of good character, it's right to marry a man of good character. It feels right in your soul to marry a man of good character. And others are going to feel it's right as well, and they're going to affirm it. At the end of verse 4, the friends who are the daughters of Jerusalem, the girls of Jerusalem, some believe they're the servants of Jerusalem that maybe work for Solomon, but they listen to what they say. They speak up, and they say in verse 4, we rejoice and delight in you. We will praise your love more than wine. Watch this. The maidens of Jerusalem are rejoicing. They're delighting in what? In this new love that Solomon and the Shulamite are experiencing at the beginning of their relationship. I don't know. How many? Have you ever had this experience? How many of you have ever been to a wedding and you thought, oh, wow, this, this, this is maybe going to last 29 minutes? I mean, you kept the receipt from your wedding gift because you knew that all you saw before you were two very combustible people that were going to self-destruct. It wasn't going to last, and you knew in your hearts it wasn't right. is not right. Watch this. This is the opposite of what's going on with Solomon and the Shulamite. People rejoiced in this relationship of Solomon and the Shulamite, and the maidens rejoiced. And watch this. The Shulamite, even herself, she rejoiced. Look what she says about Solomon. Verse 4, how right they are to adore you. Yep, how, are the, how right they are. Everyone's adoring you, Solomon and me in our relationship. See, if you date and marry a man of good character, other people will acknowledge it as right and so will you in your heart know it's right. I mean, how wonderful it is to be able to walk down that aisle to your husband, to your wife, And to know that it's right in the middle of your marriage, not, there's no question mark, there's an exclamation point, this is right and you know it. That only comes when you marry a person of good character. Four reasons to be attracted to date and eventually marry a man of good character. It's logical to marry a man of great character. It's a privilege to marry a man of great character. It's a delight to marry a man of great character and it's right to marry a man of great character. Okay, I want you to discuss. Of the four reasons to be attracted to date and eventually marry a man of great character, which reason most speaks to you and why? Talk about that. Okay. We are moving toward landing the plane. Okay? Wrapping up this session here on the art of attraction part one on what to look for in a man. So I want us to review. I want to make sure that this is understood by you. This whole series is going to be about teaching you principles that will be life-changing, and, okay? So let's just review what we've talked about so far. Attraction. All of us know we experience it all the time. It is both permissible and desirable. It just is. Attraction is fine. It's desirable. Attraction, especially in our culture, it is the first stage of any relationship. We know that and especially with romantic relationships. Attraction has two levels. For some of you, this is a new thought. You've gone through life, you've never thought about attraction being at two levels. And these levels need to be understood and processed. If you want to develop healthy, good relationships, some of you have not developed a full-orbed understanding of attraction. And you've dated only on the level of physical, and it just, it's just blown up. It's because God's counsel is broader than just only level one. So level one attraction is physical based on the external, that's fine. God says, thumbs up. But second level attraction, spiritual, it's based on internal character, critically important. God's saying, wake up, the Shulamite is speaking to you ladies especially, it's a neon sign coming at you. This is what you look for in a guy. Level two requires spiritual discernment on our part. To the Shulamite, I mean, hey, it was a wonderful thing that Solomon was super handsome, he was nice smelling, he was someone she wanted to kiss. Uh, It was even wonderful especially that he had this godly character. And she's attracted to him on both levels, and you need both levels, this outward as well as the inward. And it's very important that both those levels are present. And then we give you four reasons to be attracted to to marry a man to date and marry eventually a man of good character. It's logical. It's just logical. Marriage is the sum total of your character combined. It's a privilege. To marry a man of great character, you're gonna point to everyone, and everyone's gonna point to you as a gal and say, Man, how did she get that guy? That guy's amazing. It's a privilege, it's a delight. You will look forward to him coming home. You will anticipate. There's hope, there's joy, there's all of this bound up in a person's character, because physically you start to slide, but your character doesn't change. And then it's right to marry a man of great character. You know deep in your heart, you haven't compromised anything. This is so right, everyone's affirming it, you yourself know, you walk down that aisle, this is right. What a great feeling to live life, like for the rest of your life. Now, I want want to wrap it up by speaking to the ladies here, and guys, you can listen in, that's fine. Believe me, I'm going to be talking to the guys next Sunday, I preach to the guys. This is kind of ladies Sunday. But I want to share with you three ways to find a man of great character. I get this asked all the time. Pastor Mark, how do I find that guy? If you're a single gal here, I want to speak to you right now because I always give three answers, and they're the same. So here they are to you. This is great encouragement to you. Number one, you want to find a guy of great character? Number one, be a woman of character and he will find you. You be that godly woman and a godly man will find you. There is no way that a guy is going to find you of the character you're hoping for if you're not that. I would have passed Tracy over a thousand times over if she lacked the character that I actually was living out in my own life. I found someone with similar character, I'm like, she is a godly, amazing person. She has it on the outside, she has it on the inside, I am marrying her, and I proposed to her in five months. Hmm. Be that woman, and he will find you. Second, be patient and pray, God will bring him to you. You've got to be patient, and then watch this, you've got to pray. Now, I've done well over 300 weddings, okay? And one of the things I love with all the weddings is finding out the story. I have so many stories of how God has provided for a godly man or a godly woman that person. And when they're focused on being the person God wants you to be, growing in your relationship with God, and then you start to pray and seek the Lord, I have so many stories that I can share with you. But let me just tell you the story of just one because of time. Her name is Jill. And they come into my office to be married. And I'm saying, oh, tell me the story of how you guys married. She speaks up. She goes, man, for me, I've been single for so long. And I, I'm going to church and trusting the Lord. But I'm just praying that, for God to provide that man. And it just seemed like it just wasn't happening. And I just continued to keep trusting the Lord. And one day, you know, I needed, there was this tree in our front yard. need needed to be removed. So I contacted the tree company, can you send out a guy and cut down our tree? And so she's like, she show, the guy shows up about 11 o'clock, and, and all of a sudden she looks out, she hears the chainsaw start, and she looks out the window, and she sees this guy, boom, level one attraction. <laughs> Everything is on alert, you know, and she's like. What do I do? She starts getting sweaty and everything. She goes, I'm going to make some lemonade. She lets them cut down a lot, then as soon as the ch- chainsaw stops, brings out the lemonade, <laughs> pours him a glass, and you guessed it. And this is what she said to me, God brought him to my tree. <laughs> and they were married. It was a beautiful wedding. She didn't compromise her character. She looked for a man, she prayed, she just became, kept on being the, the woman God wanted her to be. God, he's in control of all this. You do it God's way. We're going to see this through the whole book. This is just like the first message. We've got so many more to go. This is just the beginning of attraction. We're just getting into this. But you do it God's way. Let me tell you, God does something amazing. He really does. You say, well, what's the third thing, Mark? It's this. Be present next session we are going to challenge the men on what to look for in a woman be that kind of woman we're going to describe the shulamite her character gals you be that and a guy will be unable to resist you let's pray Lord Jesus, thank you for the gift of attraction. It's how you created us. And you use attraction to bring us to our spouse and our spouse to us. You have throughout history. It's something so obvious, but we kind of forget. Every relationship, it's based on attraction at these two levels. And I I just want to pray that you would grant all of us, and especially the ladies here, this discernment of level one and especially level two, Uh, attraction. Lord, I pray that you would help the ladies to remember kind of the big picture, that it's logical to date and marry a man of great character. (laughs) It is a privilege to date and marry a man of great character. It's a delight to marry and date a guy of great character, and it's just right to date and marry a man of great character. And maybe just right here in this moment, would you uh, just be led to say a very simple prayer to God that I believe God will honor. Would you just say something like this? Would you just say, Lord, grant me discernment. The ability to discern, the level one and level two character that you want me to embrace. I need your discernment for my relationships. Thank you for hearing my prayer and our prayer right now. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.